suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I've Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate those high seas of life. Welcome today to our 113th podcast, Part 8 of Air Hitler. And we're going to continue the discussion, our discussion, our enumeration and assessment of the significance of the mistakes of the Fuhrer, Air Hitler. That's Air Hitler. The man whom described himself as the greatest military genius of all time. I kid you not. If, if, if he were indeed the military goat, he indeed might have been familiar with, and, and more to the point, he might have adhered to, followed the advice of the great Prussian Iron Chancellor himself, Otto von Bismarck, whom suggested, only a fool learns from his own mistakes. It is wise men whom learn from the mistakes of others, but not Hitler. And of course, going back to the, you know, to the time of the golden age of Periclean Athens, one must never stop the enemy when they are making mistakes. So from the Allied perspective, it was air on, air Hitler, air on. Then of course, if, if von this is a, by the way, this is a serious subject, and so I'm going to try to make it a little bit light. But if von Bismarck doesn't impress you, then perhaps like Hitler, you are a fool. The kind of fool of whom the famous American singer Andy Williams sang when he crooned those famous words in song, A Fool Never Learns. And I'm going to do a very foolish thing. And perhaps we, we, ought, we ought to step back for a moment in history and, and temper any admiration we might hold for Andy Williams' suggestion when we remember what a foolish thing Andy was about to do when, oh yeah, Andy's ex-wife shot and killed her boyfriend, Olympic skier Spider Savage in Aspen, Colorado in 1976. And Andy then paid for Claudine Langer's defense. He escorted her to and from her trial and, and he stood by her publicly as Claudine put forth her cockamamie defense that Spider, Spider Savage, somehow had managed to shoot himself fatally in the abdomen while demonstrating to Claudine exactly how one should handle and use a handgun safely. This is America. If the glove don't fit, well, yeah, okay. Claudine was a, a... a very pretty woman, either either take your pick, of the kind that 
mesmerized singer Ray Orbison about whom he sang in song, pretty woman, or of the kind of woman Richard Gere would fall in love with in that American classic love story, An Officer and a Gentleman. I mean, Claudine spun her yarn about Spider and held that jury spellbound. They loved her. And and who likes spiders anyway? And Claudine? She was convicted only of criminal negligence. She then went on and married her defense lawyer. Again, only in America. You, and, and you think this guy would learn very quickly to, that he ought to sleep with one eye open. You know what I mean? Well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, Claudine was stunningly beautiful and all that, but as that that old expression goes, the first murder is always, always the hardest. Claudine's orange is the new black resulted in only 30 days jail time, and she could serve her sentence on the weekends when it was convenient for her, when she felt like it, ruled the judge. Yeah, you know, as was the jury, you know, so too the judge, it appears, he too was under her thumb, as Mick Jagger would later sing. I mean, who says this is a man's world out there? It's a mad, mad, mad world is what it is. Okay, let's get back to Hitler. As the military goat, he certainly made a ton of significant mistakes that wrought devastation to the world and led to the utter destruction of his own nation. And given that Hitler had announced upon, upon becoming Chancellor of Germany in 1933 that, the, that he had created the beginning of the thousand-year Reich, but it lasted only 12 years, we can certainly state unequivocally that about this, Hitler was wrong in statistical terms. I mean, he was wrong by about six sigma. I mean, he was a freaking lunatic. So sifting through Hitlerian errors, um, we had left off in part seven of our episodic adventure, Air Hitler, by, by noting that the Fuhrer's decision in April of 1940 to invade Denmark was flawed inasmuch as he had failed then to take Iceland, which had... It had formal governmental relationships with Denmark dating back to the 14th century. And this failure to occupy, to take and occupy Iceland allowed the Allies access when they took it at, at, at Churchill's orders. The Allies had access to advanced weather stations situated in Iceland and in conjunction with the Western um, weather stations already situated in Ireland and Northern Ireland, this provided the Allies with advanced weather forecasts that were beyond German weather forecasters' capabilities. They simply, um, the Germans did not have access to the same data as did their counterparts. And superior intelligence matters. Intelligence of all sorts matter, even if it's weather intelligence. And this would prove, this deficiency, highly deleterious to the German interests because Allied supreme, um, 
uh, the Allied, Supreme Allied Commander uh, Eisenhower, he knew what Hitler did not in the hours preceding the D-Day invasion, that there was likely to develop a, a short-term window of, of opportunity, a short period of um, relatively modest, decent weather, a respite, if you would, in the atrocious weather conditions that were prevailing along the French Atlantic coast. Uh, you know, it might be of only hours in duration, but it was a break sufficient that Ike might order the Normandy beaches be stormed in poor weather conditions, but not impossibly horrendous weather conditions. This advanced forecast of a decent weather window was information that was denied the Luftwaffe leadership. And it is well known today that the weather was so bad along the west coast of France on the days just prior to the D-Day invasion that the Luftwaffe chiefs didn't even bother to fly reconnaissance missions in this atrocious weather, believing it was too dangerous to fly, and they concluded the probability that a hostile enemy allied naval force might be out to sea at that very moment under, the, under these conditions on its way to Normandy? Well, that, that was simply beyond reason. No, it was simply out of the question. And, and, and then to think enemy aircraft might be flying themselves in these ferocious conditions? No way. The Luftwaffe thought the risk of such activity asymptotic to zero. In other words, zero. And having based their decision to cancel their own recon flights um, due to such grim Nazi weather forecast reports, Goering's Luftwaffe failed to detect, I mean, still to this day, what was the largest naval armada ever assembled in world history. They missed 7,000 vessels. At, the, at that very moment, on their way through those rough but manageable seas, approaching the five designated targeted beaches that were codenamed by the Allies, Omaha, Utah, uh, Sword, Juno, and Gold Beaches, along the Normandy coast on June 6, 1944. Ike had relied upon those superior advanced weather um, uh, reports that indicated that there might exist, just might exist, a window of opportunity such that an Allied invasion might be ordered. There was. He did. And there would be. Fortune favors the bold. It does. <laughs> As Bob Dylan would sing four decades later, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Well, maybe so, but it is beneficial in war to know forecasted weather con conditions with a degree of accuracy at least equal in quality to that of your mortal enemy. Of that we know for sure. So, so while Hitler cannot be blamed for the failure of the Luftwaffe to carry out recon flights, it was Hitler who put the Luftwaffe in that inferior position to begin with. For this, he can and should be faulted. He should have taken Iceland. Similarly, Hitler is to be faulted for ordering the massive defenses that were constructed near Calais, Hitler concluding that 
that would be the ground zero for the Allied invasion. And when he did so, he reasoned simply that this was the shortest route between England and France, and it, would, and it was, but he then thought, therefore, the Allies would consider it the preferred route. And in this, Hitler had erred. The, the, the Allies, of course, had considered Calais, France, uh, but they, they, and they based it on the conclusion that this would be what they thought Hitler would think they would conclude, and that as a result, the Allies would face massive defenses that were, would be ordered constructed and were constructed at Calais, making a successful Allied landing at Calais very unlikely. So they decided, hmm, if Hitler thinks we're landing at Calais, we must land somewhere else. The invasion must take place somewhere else. Because even, even if it were successful, a landing at Calais would have been impossibly bloody, completely unacceptable casualties, intolerable to Western democratic sensibilities, you know, given the West's respect for the sanctity of human life. Not a problem for uh, someone like Hitler uh, or Stalin. So therefore, the Allies decided that the best strategy was to act as if they were going to land at Calais, but they landed elsewhere, as we know. And Hitler fell for the misdirection. And, you know, Hitler had failed twice in his efforts to matriculate into art schools in Vienna. Twice he was rejected as incapable. Well, based on what we know now, let us therefore safely conclude as well that Hitler would have failed as a world-class chess player. It just wasn't in the cards for him. You know, so as a result of, of this, Hitler, by focusing his defenses at Calais, he ignored the Normandy beaches. And then Rommel ultimately was assigned to protect Germany's Atlantic Wall. And, and Rommel was horrified, just horrified, to discover the ineptitude and the inadequacies attendant to the, the defenses that had been constructed or had not been constructed along those Normandy beaches. Like Hitler, Rommel did not believe that Normandy was um, the likely target of an Allied invasion. But unlike Hitler, he did not believe that the Allies would strike Calais. By Rommel's own analysis, he concluded there were three other likely locations, including the Scheldt and the Somme, that would be more likely Allied targets. Still, Rommel got very, very busy, very quickly, um, fortifying the German defenses along those Normandy beaches, as it was at that time it, when he took over, they were extremely vulnerable to Allied invasion should the attack materialize. And, and despite Rommel's frenzied, you know, magnificent efforts to fortify weak, inadequate German defenses along the Normandy coastline, it all proved too little, too late. And in this regard, Hitler had erred again when he ignored Rommel's analysis that Calais was out, it's, it was not going to be targeted, but that the Normandy beaches were vulnerable should the Allies strike. 
Hitler ignored him. Another Hitlerian error of magnitude, by the way. And, and the malignant, egotistical ignorance and arrogance of Hitler is, is simply astonishing. It is no wonder so many German military officers were known to have known of the von Stauffenberg plot to assassinate the Fuhrer, yet did nothing about it. That something beyond von Stauffenberg's bomb plot never developed says a great deal about the lack of, of, of moral courage on the part of the German military leadership, especially amongst proud Prussians whom were raised in, 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 in long-term military households, long-time military families, long-trained in the art of war. How those Prussians allowed an untrained corporal to dictate military strategy is still a wonder to behold. I mean, it is, it is just shameful as well. How did they take orders, military orders, strategic orders from such an ignoramus? So anyway, back to the D-Day preparations. So in, in defiance of Rommel's official request to bring panzer divisions under his direct command and position them far closer to the beaches at Normandy, where they might be directed immediately to provide necessary support to a beleaguered, vulnerable, or weakened German um, frontline position along the beach defenses should the Allies invade. Hitler refused. Nope. Instead, the 15,000-man-strong, battle-tested, fierce, uh, just notorious Das Reich, um, the 2nd SS Panzer Division, um, which at minimum, at minimum, would have caused havoc to the Allies should they, um, when they stormed those five beaches of Normandy. They were ordered by Hitler to be stationed in the south of France, the south of France, 450 miles south of Normandy. Given, given Das Reich's level of fighting experience, their military capabilities, their unrivaled ferocity, their fighting zeal, you know, fanatical commitment to the Nazi cause and to Germany itself, the addition of such a force immediately in aid of German positions that were under attack by the Allies, um, you know, the Das Reich 2nd Panzer Division with all that additional firepower brought to bear upon the American, Canadian, and, and British forces struggling to gain a foothold on those beaches, on, those, on these unimaginably small landing areas, if you've ever had an opportunity to see them, it is, it is quite conceivable that the Allies never would have made it onto the beaches or beyond the beaches. They would never have established a beachhead. That the Allies might have been repelled back into the sea remains a counterfactual result, of course, and still subject to intense debate. That that debate still exists testifies to the potential value and impact Das Reich might, might have made to the ultimate outcome of Allied success on, you know, on D-Day, on those beaches. And, and Rommel had, was absolutely convinced. He, he had no doubts whatsoever that the Germans had to defeat the Allies on the beaches. He was, 
He was certain that should the Allies not be thrown back into the sea immediately, immediately, that, that, that they should not, should they not be repelled from the beaches, that, that the Allies would establish a beachhead and then Germany would never have the strength to stop the Allied advance across France. With an Allied beachhead established, Germany, the war was lost. That was Rommel's position, and Rommel made this clear to Hitler, and Hitler ignored him. <sighs> Given German imperative that the Allies must be defeated on the beaches, for Rommel, there existed no rational. I mean, it made, it made no sense to hold back reserves or deploy assets for future use and have them stationed 450 miles away. I mean, it made no military sense whatsoever. If, if all German military assets were not brought to bear, deployed for use at the decisive moment of battle, you know, that inflection point in the war in the West, you know, at the waterline, there would be no future for Germany. All would be lost. That was Rommel's belief. And he conveyed that idea to Hitler. And instead, Hitler not only positioned those, um, those forces 450 miles south of, of, of Normandy for reasons known only to Hitler. It was further decided by Adolf Hitler that, 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 that the das Reich, would, das Reich would not be deployed anywhere, ordered anywhere without Hitler's prior personal authorization and consent. I mean, these are just outrageous orders that defy all military logic. They are indefensible as a matter of military strategy. But it gets worse from the German perspective. Hitler had already made far worse military decisions that, that in, may indeed have changed the course of world history. And more boneheaded moves will follow. And these are the matters that we will take up in part nine of Air Hitler. Paraphrasing, well, uh, you know, paraphrasing in part, Dr. Tim Leary, that acid head, we hope you will tune in, turn on, but not turn out to our next episode Part 9 of Air Hitler. Hey, thanks for listening, and we hope to have you join us next time. Bye-bye. Inside game just yesterday Made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Time can't be returned Misguided and all of my own At least that's what I thought I failed to see that I believe Everything I'm also Just a drop of rain and a thunder 
could I miss what was in front of me? Two eyes that can't make you see. It's the mind that paints all these pictures, like the mirage of the deserts. I misread all the signals. I never knew that I'd been lost. I thought ghosts from way back in my past. Never knew how much it cost. Just a drop of rain and a thunderstorm. Another grain of sand on the beach. A blade of grass on a mountain field. Another car on a shower street. Mistakes, just things that I've done. I can tell, and I've broken her heart. Can she forgive me? Can she forget? Can she keep us from falling apart? I hope that she knows. 